Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to get your hockey fix. This is Brave the Wild with your host, Paladino Joey, the leader of Minnesota Wild Hockey, here on thesportstuff.com. Hello again, hockey fans. Are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey? We are ready to talk playoff hockey once again with the Minnesota Wild. Obviously, back-to-back seasons of the postseason. I got to think there'll be quite a few years in a row, at least I would hope, quite a few seasons in a row that the Minnesota Wild will at least make the postseason. Hopefully, there will be uh, some type of a playoff run coming up. Not so sure this is the year. I hope so. But uh, when you're down 2-0, like the Minnesota Wild are now, uh, my confidence level is not going to be quite as high as it was, uh, well, when the series hadn't started yet with others. Though I did pick the Colorado Colorado Avalanche to win this series in six. It's kind of looking like the, I possibly will be right and might be even worse. I don't know. going to hope for the best here. This is going to be a two-segment show, of course. Segment number one will be the feature presentation, which I'm sure a lot of you appreciate being this is a podcast. That uh, you'll appreciate the, you know, we'll be on topic with the Minnesota Wild along the way. Segment number two, because I got to split it up to have the, uh, you know, the contact details uh, jingles in there and the Amazon ad in there. So in in the middle, got to have the show split up at least in two segments. Second segment will be a Stanley Cup playoffs roundup. There will be no North Stars memory this time around, possibly uh, later. But I'm kind of thinking there won't be any North Stars memory right now. During the postseason, it's just, we get the idea. We can't talk about the 91 North Stars all the time. We can't talk about Minnesota, Colorado all the time. Um, possibly individual games, per se. If, say, the Wild are down 3-1 to one and have a gutsy win against the Colorado Avalanche in Game 5, well, of course, we might do that. <laughs> so that's the idea. But first, got to mention, the Minnesota Wild, or this show, Brave the Wild, officially has a sponsor now. Through Tallgrass. It is a 110% official. Already met with Tim Olson. Really want to give him a shout out if he's listening. Really appreciate you very much. Barb also from Tallgrass approving the sponsorship. 
with Brave the Wild, Timberwolves Explosion, Showtime and T-Wolves, and Purple Mafia. Really want to appreciate you. Wonderful brewery out of Manhattan, Kansas. Right now, got the Halcyon Wheat right in front of me, and I did pronounce it correctly. <laughs> they have a couple that are a little bit on the tougher to pronounce uh, range, but not tough to drink. Man, these are wonderful. Halcyon is their summer brew. Fantastic on a very warm day like today. <laughs> very warm day, about 75 degrees out today. Shockingly warm. Nice rebound after the cold, cold weather earlier in the week when I met Tim. It was freezing out back on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, Halcyon, wonderful beer to have in the summer. Really nice citrusy, weedy flavor. Highly recommend it. It's got nice ratings on Beer Advocate and such as well. Uh, Ethos, which is the other one that's tough to pronounce that I have correctly now, is awesome. That's an IPA if you like those. It is a fruity IPA, more kind of grapefruitish, and uh, really, really hardcore awesome IPA without being over-the-top bitter, but bitter enough <laughs> bitter enough to uh, really satisfy your palate. Same with Oasis, which is more of a piney IPA. Really enjoy that, actually. I personally like the pineys a little bit more, so o- Oasis, wonderful stuff. Uh, 8-Bit Pale Ale is my overall favorite, though. Just a beauty. It's got Pac-Man licking his chops. That's the logo on the can, the graphics on the can. Just being an old-school video game fan, 8-Bit Pale Ale attracted me with the can, and then, oh my god, it was the beer that made me interested in (laughs) working with Tallgrass. The beer itself was that good, so I'm not sponsoring Tallgrass because they called me and said, we want to join you. I called them. I really, really, really endorse this product in a big way, and for those of you stout fans out there, you like the stouts, the darker stuff that's kind of coffee, chocolatey stuff, that would be Buffalo Sweat. They make one of those as well. Really, really good stuff. Fits the name in a good way. Being stout, not Buffalo Sweat, <laughs> but the stouts. It fits the uh, style very nicely. On to hockey. And thanks again, Tallgrass. On to hockey. On to the Minnesota Wild. The topic at hand, game one, an absolute heartbreaker, an absolute disappointment, considering the way things were going so well for the Minnesota Wild after two periods. I was a bit worried when the, when the Avalanche took a one nothing lead in the first period. I was thinking, ah, oh boy, see? See, we're just going to go down one nothing in this series. That's probably the way things are going to go. Yeah, ultimately we did, but, uh, well, I was just uh, very, very different from where it was headed at one point. <laughs> Wild down one nothing, and it was like, ah, here we go. Doggone it. But then the Wild quickly tied up by, with, by a guy that's been playing very well of late the past month or so, Charlie Coyle, another... Very skilled goal, crashing the net. Very strong on the puck. He has been awesome for a good month now, month and a half. Really starting to show again what he was early in the year when everybody was all excited about him. Pre-knee injury, because after the knee injury, it's like the guy wasn't the same person out there. It was really frustrating indeed. Uh, Ryan Suter putting the wild ahead on the power play. Just obviously getting the shot, getting the puck on net like he does and I gotta think this was a little bit on the higher side, <laughs> so that got us very encouraged here in Wildland. Two to one lead for the Minnesota Wild. All of a sudden, we're actually winning the game, and just like that, Ryan O'Reilly ties it up, and it's like, ah, oh, this is just gonna be one of those nights. Hopefully, the Wild can continue their momentum, and boy, did they ever! They looked absolutely exquisite in the second period. Eric Halla blowing by defenders after a nice pass from Jonas Brodine. You know, getting them getting. Eric Hall in stride, blew by the defender again like he's known to do, and put it past Varmov. <laughs> his first goal in the postseason, his first ever playoff goal 
in his first ever playoff game. Really, really valuable experience for guys like Eric Halla, like Charlie Coyle, like Jonas Brodeen, Nino Niederreiter, uh, Eric, uh, uh, Mikhail Granlin, who hasn't been all that great, but he's been back. <laughs> he, he's back now. That's the good news. He did come back for the postseason. That's a pretty important thing. A lot of people are very concerned, like, is he going to be able to even play in the, in the playoffs after a what is believed to be a concussion? It was never officially mentioned because at hockey, they don't really tell you anything anymore. They just say upper body, lower body, or body injury, like uh, Darcy Kemper mentioned a couple uh, nights ago. He mentioned it was just a body injury. He didn't even say what the injury was. Wow. Or didn't even say where in idea. Like, was it the top half or the bottom half of your body? <gasps> so, yeah, a body injury. Thank you. Good stuff. All right, Brian, Bill, uh, Brian Belichick. What am I talking about? Bill Belichick. I can't even talk. Bill Belichick. <laughs> Excuse me. New England Patriots there. But, yeah, Eric Holla putting the Wild up 3-2. to two, And then just like that, Hal Brozick with kind of a spin type of play in front of the net, putting the Wild up 4-2. to two. This is about the only moment of the whole series that Kyle Brozniak has looked good. Honest to God, this is about the only time that he's looked good in this series. Not been happy with Kyle Brozniak at all. At all. Um, third line, though, getting it done there. Wild up 4-2. to two. Nino Niederreiter with his first postseason point uh, in his career. Thank you very much for that. 4-2 to two Wild. And is like, oh my god, we actually might win this sucker. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> it sure would. It sure freaking would. <sighs> but things would take a change in a big way. And the frustration would uh, definitely mount for Minnesota Wild fans. And I just, I'm definitely uh, at a loss right now with how things changed. Just absolute frustration the rest of the way. The third period. Looked like the Wild are going to be okay until about seven minutes in. <laughs> about that, yeah, about seven minutes in. Uh, Jamie McKinn scores, but hey, Wild still lead four to three. And we just put the pressure on. We can get this done. We can score. Make it five three. Wouldn't that be great? Wrap this thing up, especially when Patrick Waugh pulls the goalie with three minutes left. Hey man, we got this. We got this. And then a puck off the stick of I believe Zach Parisi, maybe Jason Pumminville. Rolling right to the net. This thing is over. 5-3 wild. We got it. No, Colorado defender just barely gets there. Wipe, whips it out of the way with his stick. Not sure who the defender is, and it's okay. It's not the end of the world if I don't know every single play <laughs> perfectly. But, um, like, like the name of the player, obviously, is what I'm trying to say. But uh, whips it out of the way at the last second. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And wouldn't you just know that right after that, you figure, okay, we're fine. We're fine. Sure, it didn't go in. But we'll, we'll get one in later, or just the time will time will run out. No. Paul Stansney, of course, puts one high from his wrist. Goes right by uh, Bizgolov. We have a tie game with only 14 seconds left. Just a back-breaking goal right there. And you just kind of knew right then and there the Wild were not, I repeat, not going to win the game. And, of course, they didn't, even though Jason Pominville with an awesome game, six shots on goal, hit the post, hit the post in the regulation as well, but hit the post in the overtime, just heartbreaking. That could have won the game. And just moments later, Paul Stanley again, lifting, lifting the shot past Briscoff, past Briscoff's shoulder, 
All you ever see, it seems like when they shoot high on, on Brzezgalov, you see him put his glove up and the puck go past him. That's basically what I see with Brzezgalov in the playoffs thus far. He has not been good since that last game against Nashville. He's just been terrible pretty much since, in my humble opinion. Colorado up one nothing. This is the game the Wild had to win, in all honesty. I was not confident going into game two. I really wasn't, and I was just sick about this loss. Sorry about the noise there, but um, I was just sick about that loss. It made me, you know, it's not like it kept me up at night or anything, but (laughs) it it almost did. I mean, that loss to Edmonton earlier in the year was at New York. Both of those two kept me up a little bit because I just couldn't believe we lost those games. That was a complete joke, but um, man, this one was uh, a back-breaking loss. I mean, figure, okay, the Wild are going to go up one nothing in this series. Wow, that's great. You know, this is a game to win. But then you hope and pray, game two, the Wild will come out with the same momentum and win the game, and take, take we end up splitting the series anyway, like I predicted, that we'll split the series. Uh, it just didn't happen that way. And that's why you have to win a game when it's there for you. I mean, you're up 4-2, to two, you, you can't hang on to that, and just couldn't get a break after that either. Spurgeon, I almost called him Spurgeon win. I might as well call him Spurgeon win with the way he played. Oh, Spurgeon win, yeah. Horrible Minnesota Vikings quarterback. I played about three games many years ago. He was the worst. Um, but Jared Spurgeon didn't clear the puck out. All he did was raise the puck up in the air, possibly. Burn the time, burn burn up the rest of the time, and there it is. Wild win, 4-3. to three, four to three. He didn't do that. Kyle Brazzi had a horrible turnover as well in the overtime period. Thank you so very much for that. Um, it's just plays like that killed the Wild. Really killed the Wild. Just clear the puck out, get it out of there. That's all you had to do is win, you know, do that. Wild would have won the game, but uh, just didn't turn out that way. So then we get to game two. Wild start things off with a nice, nice momentum. Nice start. Very nice momentum. Charlie Coyle scoring again. Crashing the net. Redirecting the puck from Miko Koivu. Two to nothing. Or, excuse me, second goal of the postseason. I'm really off right now, and I apologize for that. <laughs> I'm just going crazy here. But Charlie Coyle with his second goal of the postseason. Second goal in as many nights. Really looking good. Really excited. Man. It's like, okay, here we go. Everything's going to be okay. But it was just like that. Two minutes later, Nathan McKinnon. Oh, God, did he look make Spurgeon look like horse crap? <laughs> just kind of started attacking Started breaking towards Briskolov. Makes a move. Spurgeon twisted up. Knocked over. Looked like just like garbage. And then, okay, imagine this. Put the puck in the air. Right past Briskolov, who, in my opinion, can't stop anything above his waist. He just, he, he can't stop anything above his waist. So all of you hockey wonks out there that want to tell me, I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe you watched hockey for 40 years and I'm just a moron. What are you talking about? Getting the puck in the air. Why does that matter so much? <laughs> and I swear there was somebody on Twitter that was like saying something. I, I was wondering if he listened to the show because he's like, oh, just put it high. <laughs> and he, I knew he was being sarcastic. He wasn't saying it to me. He was saying it to somebody. Or he was just saying it in general. Who knows? Maybe he heard the show and he's just making fun of me. Well, screw you, buddy. <laughs> if, if you were. It's pretty high percentage, especially on a Brisgolov and on a Corey Crawford. It was higher percentage. When you do get the puck high, you actually the percentage is higher 
honest to God. So, and it's sure looking higher in this series. Mr. Golov just drives me nuts with that. Just drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. Uh, as we continue into the second period, <laughs> as guys on Twitter watching the game, the same as me, I agree exactly what they had to say. Minnesota Wild defense and just looks scared out there. It's embarrassing. Um, Ryan Suter not really challenging people. Not really known for that either. He's more of a skill guy than really a challenger per se. Obviously he's a great defenseman in general. But he's more on the offensive side. Really his greatness is more on the offensive side than the defensive side. Even though he is a very good defensive center uh, defenseman as well. But uh, Ryan Scoggs scoring two goals in the second period. Very frustrating. Briscoe pulled, and then guess what? Darcy Kemper, of all people, back. When I saw him in uniform, I was like, "Why well, do I have a feeling I'm gonna we're gonna see him again?" Well, we're gonna see him again, all right. And the good news is, Darcy Kemper was stopping those higher shots. <laughs> he was getting a glove on them, unlike <laughs> Mister Briscoe. Half the time, you see him just stick his glove out, and the puck goes right past him. Just drives you nuts. Just drives you nuts, Brzezgalov just, again, like, he can't stop anything above his waist. And pardon me for repeating myself, but it's true. It's frickin' true. Darcy Kemper has more reach. He's well, he's taller, that's good, but he has more reach. He's quicker because he's younger. That's helpful in a big way. Really appreciate that. And Darcy Kemper, guess what, folks, looked like the same guy that played well earlier in the year. Not the same guy that gave up, like, five goals, <laughs> In the past few in the past few games he played in March, like the last few games he played in March, he was rough, and it, it was really frustrating. But it looks like he may have regained some of that old swagger again, the old confidence. He was pushing people around a little bit that were getting close to the net, and that was kind of cool because you didn't definitely didn't see that as much when he was struggling out there, and you saw some of that good old swagger again. Where a lot of people in this town were calling Darcy Kemper the goalie of the future for the Minnesota Wild. Well, welcome back into the net, Darcy, because he probably will be starting in Game 3 tomorrow night on Monday. Um, but ultimately, yes, <laughs> Darcy Kemper kept the Colorado Avalanche at bay. That's good. Kept the Wild slightly in this one, 3-1, to one, but the Wild couldn't score anything on Vlarmov. Just slammed the door on them over and over and over. The frustration was unbelievable, and just about every shot was low, too. So Vlarmov pretty much getting his uh, pads out, stopping the puck every single time, every single time, just getting his leg on it with the pad, of course, stopping everything, woohoo, frustration mounting, Say a classic Minnesota sports BS, right, With the, obviously with the game one debacle, then the Minnesota Wild pulled their goalie, in this case Kemper, fairly early, a la Patrick Waugh, <laughs> and, uh, but the bad news is the Minnesota Wild didn't have five, uh, six men on ice. They had five because there was a penalty to Ryan Suter earlier, uh, before that, right before that. Convenient timing. So we had to pull our goalie just to have five men on ice. Great. Five men on ice instead of six. Woohoo. Five on five. We had to pull the goalie just to be five on five. But the urgency was turned up. Miko Koivu with a really nice lead pass to Marco Scandella, who redirected that sucker right past Vormov, and I was like, wow, that was quick. It was a really quick play, and it was awesome. Marco Scandella playing well in the postseason, just like he did last year against the Chicago Blackhawks, and he was called up at the very end of the year. Very cool. Scandella, nice goal there. He had an assist in Game 1 as well, so two points for him. He's a nice playoff player, a la Charlie Coyle. And Scandella's another guy getting valuable 
uh, experience last year and this year. Very cool to see these young guys getting some uh, playoff experience early in their careers. 3-2 to two game, but ultimately wasn't meant to be. Vlarmov stopped everything. Stupid, stupid Vlarmov stopped everything. And yes, he's a good goalie. Uh, but it drove me crazy. Varlamov. <laughs> I don't know, but it's just like, it, it drove me nuts. Paul Stansmy ultimately did bury the empty netter. And it, went, it did count as a power play goal because it was on the power play, yeah. Even though it was a 5-on-5. Five five. <laughs> he uh, had multiple chances to win the game. He had a puck go wide on him, which was kind of funny. It was like, okay, thanks. And still, we're still in it. But then nobody was stopping him. I mean, nobody was stopping Paul Stanley. He just got the puck back. Nobody was getting in the way. Stanley just threw the puck in. Whatever. 4-2. to two, Colorado wins. Woohoo. Wonderful. 2-0 deficit for the Wild. It's going to be a really, really tough uh, go at it for the Wild going into this next week. Playoff uh, setup, obviously, with the home away thing. It's 2-2-1-1-1. I do still think the Wild will at least get to a sixth game in this series, which we'll see. That's that's when it gets to be who knows. But ultimately, I do see Colorado winning this series in six. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Maybe it'll be five. Maybe it will be six. Wouldn't that be awesome uh, for the Wild? Or, excuse me, maybe the Wild will get to the sixth game and then make things very interesting from there. Maybe it'll force a game seven. Um, in the hockey world, game sevens can be won on the road. In the basketball world and baseball world, it's much tougher. Much tougher. Uh, hockey, anything can happen because even game seven, Stanley Cups have been won in game seven, so, which is in, in, literally impossible in basketball and uh, baseball. It's virtually impossible to win a World Series or NBA Finals in, in a game seven uh, on the road. It's Impossible. It just doesn't work that way for whatever stinking reason. But hockey, crazy stuff does happen. So if the Wild can somehow get there, take your chances. I, again, personally don't see that happening. I think Colorado wins the series in five or six. I'll have to stick with my guns with six, like I said, going into this one. Um, but uh, game three, I do think the Wild do start Darcy Kemper. It's pretty much a 100% chance he starts. And I do think the Wild win game three. And then game four is the test of tests. That's Thursday night, excuse me, Wednesday, I believe. Minnesota Wild uh, take on the Colorado Avalanche, of course, for Game 4. It will be uh, quite a test indeed. Do the Wild pick up where they left off? Tie this thing up in Game 4 on Thursday. Yes, Thursday, April 24th, I thought it was. Do they actually tie this sucker up in that game, or does Colorado just pick up where they left, or does Colorado just come right back, regain their momentum, make it a 3-1 series? (laughs) <laughs> we shall see. Um, as for Game 5, ultimately, I do see the Wild coming out of this week with a 2 in one week and trailing Colorado three games to two going into Game 6 Monday night in Excel Energy Center. Monday, April 28th in Excel Energy Center, and it will get interesting at that point. I do think the Wild do pick up a bit here, pick up their play. Maybe they win both games at home. Maybe they have to win game five on the road. And uh, that would be very, very interesting if they did <laughs> win game five on the road. Patrick Waugh will be like, oh, boy, we're not doing that again, right? Patrick Waugh, just imagine that. <laughs> uh, I'm probably not, yeah, I'm not going to be doing any North Star memories right now because this is pretty much playoff time. No real reason to do North Star memories because what am I going to keep doing? The uh, 
91 North Stars or the, uh, you know, a North Star series where they lost to the Blackhawks or something. Something like that. <laughs> I may come up with something when the series is over, say if the Wild lose. Or if they win, I may have something as well. But uh, I may have individual games that I'll bring up if things head that direction. Like, say, if the Wild go into Colorado trailing 3-1 to one and win that game, I'll probably bring up Game 5 in Colorado back in 2003 for the Minnesota Wild. It'll be a Minnesota Wild uh, memory rather than a Minnesota North Stars memory. I will bring that game up should that situation happen and should the Wild win that game Saturday, April the 26th. I do think, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely bring that game up and have a nice little chat about that. But otherwise... Otherwise, like I said, Colorado will be up 3-2, to two, in my humble opinion, in my predictions, by the next time the next show is out next weekend. So with that, we will take a quick break, and we will do NHL Stanley Cup Playoffs Roundup right after this. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Brave the Wild on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and Blackberry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. Contact us and support Brave the Wild by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we are back here on Brave the Wild. We are going to jump into the Stanley Cup Playoff Roundup, but real quick, real quick, I would like to mention the Mike Madonna and James Shepard Award for the Minnesota Wild in the first two games of the Colorado series. Well, I'm going to give the Mike Madonna Award to Charlie Coyle. He's been playing really, really good and obviously continuing to gain valuable experience. And he looks like a really, really nice player out there. Very strong, scoring goals in both games. Really, really on the ball. Multiple attempts to score throughout the <laughs> throughout the time in the two games. Looked really, really strong out there. Really strong in the puck. Setting up other players as well, of course, Parisi and Koivu, but uh, boy, receiving nice passes from them as well and doing good things with them. Could have scored multiple times, not just once in each game, but again, very, very good stuff from Charlie Coyle. Really aggressive, really strong play on the wall and all that good stuff. You know, these wall plays, they like to say, ah, boy, there's like three players I could give the James Shepard Memorial. The worst, obviously the worst player (laughs) during this time. Uh, ultimately, it's got to go to, yeah, it's got to go to Kyle Brozniak, even though I think Jared Spurgeon has been flat terrible, and I would love to see him replaced, ultimately, for the Minnesota Wild. 
yeah, he's a little quirky and he can get he can score once in a while. Defensively, he's too small and he's really actually not that freaking good. Once in a while, he'll make some blocks though. He'll block some shots and he that's that's nice. But um, I'll say this about Jared Spurgeon: I think he is a sixth defenseman, sixth or seventh defenseman. Seventh meaning he gets scratched, healthy scratched, and gets in sometimes, which is kind of the way they're treating uh, Nate Prosser. I'd almost also, I'd almost rather have Prosser out there some nights, uh, but then again, it's the same way with Stoner as well. It's kind of whatever. Um, but on a on, on a team that's serious in the postseason, I don't think Jared Spurgeon should be getting major minutes. Uh, they're playing him as a basically a third or fourth defenseman, which is an, annoying me to be quite honest with you. Uh, yeah, he's like the, he's on the number two pairing basically with. Uh, Scandella. I have no problem with Scandella being there. I think he's been solid. But, um, yeah, I'll, ultimately I'm getting frustrated with Spurgeon, and I would like to see him replaced or his minutes greatly reduced down to, like, you know, what Stoner or Prosser get, to be quite honest with you. I, I just really hope that a Matt Dumba or a free agent and or a free agent can take over uh, where Spurgeon is right now. Honest to God. So I kind of ran a little long with that, but then again, that's probably the kind of stuff you want to hear when you listen to a Minnesota Wild show, you know, more more intense, uh, detailed uh, commentary there. Kyle Brozniak absolutely sucks. He is killing this team. I'm tired of watching him. I think everybody is. The Wild had two players that were killing them pretty much all year. Danny Heatley and Kyle Brozniak. Just awful. Kyle Brozniak is a guy that could and should be replaced, ultimately, long-term. Justin Fontaine not playing. It's driving me absolutely bonkers. What the hell? And, of course, uh, Mr. Brzezgalov giving up so many shots that are, well, raised from the ice past him. It's driving me nuts as well. And uh, if Darcy Camber comes out and plays plays like he like we know he can, which he did for an extended period of time back when it was, uh, you know, in, deep in the heart of winter, the, heart of the, the winter months, good, good riddance, Brzezgalov. It's been nice knowing you. You know, I mean, thank you for helping us make the playoffs. You know, I shouldn't be so harsh on him, and um, I don't know, maybe re-sign him to a backup goalie contract if you can. Maybe one or two years at a very uh, reasonable, cap-friendly price. Wouldn't be totally against that, but uh, I think he's just a I think he's a nice, solid veteran backup, in my humble opinion. We'll see what happens, and maybe you let him go and replace him with somebody better. We'll just have to wait and see where things go. This is not an off-season show just yet, even though I'm kind of trying to make it that. Okay, let's get on to the... <laughs> NHL Roundup. I apologize that I didn't jump right into that, but obviously, hey, if there's more time to talk about the Minnesota Wild, I'm sure you appreciate that. At least I would hope you do. Uh, Boston and Detroit. The Detroit Red Wings looked really good in Game 1 and just flat took it to the, uh, well, they they didn't take it to Boston, but they shut them down really nicely and scored timely goals. You gotta like the the way things turned out there. Boston responded in kind today with a 4-1 victory strong, strong uh, game for Boston Bruins, so that series is tied. Montreal has been dominating the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, and I'm kind of surprised by it, but then again, maybe I shouldn't be with that uh, extremely talented scoring, <laughs> you know, <laughs> their, their scorers. They have multiple great scorers. Hopefully a future Minnesota Wild left winger and Thomas Vanek. We'll see. Montreal off to a 3-0 start in that series. They are Really looking good and most likely, very most likely, on to round number two. Montreal Canadiens, watch out. They're come becoming the hot team in the East all of a sudden. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets won their first ever playoff game. When they won game two, they barely lost game one. 
to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Barely lost. <laughs> Very frustrating. A 4-3 to three loss for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Pittsburgh Penguins hanging strong in that one. But then Columbus surviving, surviving, getting into a second overtime, and they win the game 4-3. to three. Very, very cool. So that series is tied. We'll see what happens with the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. That could go anywhere. New York Rangers winning game one. Excuse me. Excuse me. Philadelphia winning game No, yeah, the Rangers did win game one. This thing is messing me up here. Rangers winning 4-1 to one in game one in convincing fashion. And Philadelphia with a strong return, tying that series up four, with a 4-2 to victory. In Game 2, obviously the Wild and Colorado, whatever. Uh, Chicago losing back-to-back, you know, literally back-breaking overtime losses to the St. Louis Blues. 4-3 to three in each. You can just see the players in Chicago, or on the Chicago Blackhawks, when the St. Louis Blues tied that game up. They were all just hanging their heads and like, oh, come on. And, of course, when St. Louis ultimately scored that goal, they were kind of, they were on their knees, you know, and players are just, they just can't believe it. They were down on one knee, holding their stick like, you got to be kidding me. So, obviously, Blackhawks getting snake bit in back-to-back overtime games in St. Louis. They are not happy campers uh, <laughs> at all. Anaheim winning two close games against the Dallas Stars. They are now up 2-0. to zero. Dallas trailed 4-0 to zero in Game 1, came all the way back, but could not finish. Came all, Almost came all the way back and ended up losing 4-3. to three. Several shots on goal. In the final minutes, but Anaheim holding strong there. Dallas started well against Anaheim, but Anaheim responded to everything. So it's kind of like a Minnesota and Colorado series with uh, Dallas right now. It's a 2 nothing lead for the Anaheim Ducks. And then San Jose and Los Angeles. The Battle of California. Yeah, okay, there's three California teams in the Western Conference in the postseason right now. In fact, all three of them. <laughs> that game is at a tie right now, 2-2. Two to two. Lots of back and forth, lots of skill, lots of physicality, lots of all the above. Very good playoff hockey matchup between these two teams. San Jose up one nothing, looking with a 6-3 to three just crushing of Jonathan Quick and the Los Angeles Kings in that one, in, in game one. Couldn't believe it a few nights back. This is going to be one of the most entertaining series of the postseason, i got to think. And, uh, if the LA Kings can survive the San Jose Sharks, watch out. They could be uh, definitely a threat with the Chicago Blackhawks reeling right now. But ultimately, I do believe the St. Louis Blues win the West, believe it or not, despite the fact things finished so poorly in the regular season. Going up 2-0 against the Stanley Cup champions in the first round. That, that ain't no joke. <laughs> Regardless if they had home ice or not, because we all know what home ice can mean in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It can mean absolutely nothing if you were the 8th seeded Los Angeles Kings. That's for damn sure. It's been good. <laughs> yeah, so that will we will put a wrap on our first first edition of a playoff episode for the Minnesota Wild. Hopefully the first of many should the Wild make a nice comeback here, but again it's a tough, really steep hill to climb when you're down two games to zero. Uh, we've seen it. We've seen it done many times. Do the Wild have it in them? Well, we'll all find out. We'll all find out tomorrow because if if Colorado goes goes uh, up three zero, it's over. Get the brooms ready on uh, on Thursday, <laughs> where the Wild would just simply be trying to save face at that point and then go from there. I do not like being swept. I really didn't like getting our asses kicked last year by Chicago. Minnesota has definitely been more in this series than they were last year against Chicago. So keep the faith. Go Wild. Best of luck. <laughs>